Hello, everybody. I hope you are staying afloat. Uh, I am doing the best I can. Damn it. I'm doing the best I can. Um, this conversation is kind of interesting. It's with a uh, real dear friend of of mine and probably yours, um, Emma Carter. And she's just an incredible playwright and person and actor. Uh, and I want to thank her before we get going because I just listened back to it and realize it's it's a lovely it's a lovely 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 conversation but um my social skills are starting to suffer and sometimes that can materialize uh in rambling in long pauses in more tangents than usual i wonder if you guys are going through something similar where you know no matter how many phone calls you make no how many no matter how many uh zoom conferences we have you're still a student or using zoom for whatever the hell else um there is still this depletion that's happening um (laughs) at least in my interactions with people even like right now right now talking to nobody the house is uh i'm i'm in a rare state of being alone right now and i should be so comfortable talking out loud to myself. There's nobody here to judge me except the cat. And still, I'm having a hard time just making a complete sentence. So I wonder if you all are going through something similar. Um, If you are, uh, let me know how you're dealing with that because it's starting to get on my nerves. Um, (laughs) But this is still such a wonderful... um, such a wonderful project that I found myself in the middle of and uh, it would not be wonderful without other people. So no matter how uh, how depleted my social skills get, I'm going to keep doing it. Listen to this. I'm like my, gra- my grammar is for shit. My grammar is for shit and autobiography the last 30 days of my verbal life by Hollis. I forgot the rest of my name. Will height. Yeah. Okay, so I hope you enjoy this um, lovely talk with Emma. Uh, she she has a lot of good nuggets to hand out, and <laughs> this is just going so well. Oh, just listen to the thing. I'll talk to you after. <laughs> Bye. Hello? Hi, can you hear me? I can. I can hear you perfectly. Okay, good. I'm using my headphones on my computer. Love it. I love it. What kind of computer do you have? Right now, I am on my uh, big desktop, like, Mac. Um, It it was my mom's, but (laughs) but she didn't need it anymore, so she let me have it. So now I have a wonderful giant screen computer I can use for writing and gaming and whatnot. I love it. I've been thinking about... Um, getting just like a, I don't know what you call them, like a Chromebook, or I think they're just called notebooks now, like where mm-hmm. everything's stored on the cloud. And I don't know. I just, I need something. I need to be able to like, what do you type use on now? N- nothing. <laughs> My Mac oh. died like three years oh, ago. No. It's been a sad three years. <laughs> oh no, Hollis. I know it's been a weird life. And so it's been a weird life, just period. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's been a strange life without a laptop. And so uh, Elise has been nice enough to let me use her her fancy, fancy, real thin Dell that she uses for work. Oh, nice. Yes, dude, she got a Dell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How is life today? Life today is actually pretty good. I'm going to apologize in advance. Lux is being very excited right now. So I might need to like get him down from something or stop him from knocking something over throughout our conversation. That's that's fine. Um, Ellie (laughs) is kind of in her post-walk high where like she's not going to let herself be tired from it until about probably uh, maybe like 15 minutes from now. But right now she's, she's riding that dragon. (laughs) um but yeah life is good i just finished playing uh i just finished playing a 
it's not D and D, but Justin was talking to you about our uh, Scooby Doo Monster yes. of the Week campaign, and we just finished a session, and I I'm still like riding the high from that because that was so fun. <laughs> oh my gosh! So what what is the? Can you describe just kind of how it's handled and like what yes. goes down? Or okay, so I this is my first time playing Monster of the Week, but like Justin, I have listened to podcasters play it, and it's it's a lot simpler than D and D. So I'm now I'm very much an advocate of like, oh, well, if you want to try, you know, having a, a role playing game night, like try Monster of the Week because you have a character, you have I think it's five stats: um, sharp, cool, charm, weird, and tough. And then whenever you want to do something, you basically just roll one of those stats, and depending on how high your number is, you either do what you want to do or you don't. Um, so it takes a lot of the, there's, the mechanics are very, um, very simple, but it's so fun because we're solving a mystery as the Scooby gang. Oh my God. Who are you playing? I'm Velma. You're Velma. Yes. Velma's my favorite. Oh, I love her so much. Oh, it's a dream. It's a dream. I'm living out all of my childhood fantasies of being a, being a badass detective. Oh, can I say badass? You can say whatever you want. <laughs> and I say- I think as we get as we get deeper into the quarantine, the uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, what am I trying to say? Like the MPAA rating gets a little, <laughs> uh, I don't know, less important. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah this is rated M for mature. M for. I couldn't think of anything funnier. <laughs> Maxwell. <laughs> M for mystery. Yes. M for murder. Oh, dial M for murder. <laughs> That's what. Okay, so yeah, this is it. This is Ellie climbing on my back like the mountain goat. <laughs> she is. I can picture that in my head right now, and it's very. Cute. Oh yeah, if you've met this dog, you you know she's she's a nutball. She what a nutball. <laughs> How are you? Holly? Well, I'm okay. Um, I okay. I want to talk to you about this because mm-hmm. I feel like maybe you'll see where I'm coming from. So I can't seem to tell what is actual sickness from like anxiety induced sickness. Mm -hmm. Right. I, and I've never really been able to, and it's, and it's only been in like uh, the last few years that I realized that that was a thing, you know, that psychosomatic symptoms can actually present themselves in a pretty terrifying manner. Oh yeah, totally. Right, right, right. Um, I, I guess I just didn't really know that this, uh, I, I don't know, um, I guess I didn't really give our brains enough credit for um, how imaginative they can be and um, what can materialize through that imagination. So right now, I've, I've got some shortness of breath, and I'm just, I, I need to say that out loud more because I'm sick of just, like, thinking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for telling me. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> receiving it. <laughs> it's, I, I feel where you're coming from in that sense. I, I'm the type of person that, you know, if I'm thinking about being sick, then I start to feel yeah. sick. And so I have to also kind of try to step back and be like, is this allergies or am I dying? You know, like. like right, right. No, yeah. <laughs> um, but it is, it's hard too because it's your, it's your brain and you can't always control what it's going to do, how it's going to react to things. Um, I, I have never actually given meditation like a real shot, but like, I, I feel like I've seen you post about that before. Is that something you've explored Mm -hmm. at all recently? A little bit. And it's something I need to do more of, especially late at night. Like whenever, you know, uh, Elisa still goes to bed at a reasonable hour because she's working from home. Um, the, the jobs I had lined up are, allowing me to stay up pretty late. And so those are the only times where I really have um, alone time, which is fine. We're, you know, we're spending so much time together, but I I really need to make sure I utilize that alone time for meditation. I need to allow for more free association writing because that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, just as good as med- meditation for, for me. Yeah. Yeah. What about, oh, so have you been, have you been tackling meditation then or? It's, I mean, like, I feel like that's the thing that I add it to my uh, New Year's resolution list every year. And every year, <laughs> it's one of the things that goes under the radar. Yeah. I'm so, 
I, but I probably need to do it because I am so bad at, at calming down my brain. I'm always yes. thinking about something and work on some like, okay, so sleep. I know we've talked a little bit about like, it's been hard to get to sleep or like getting mm-hmm. enough sleep. And like at night, that's the, like, for me, it's hard to fall asleep because it's hard for me to stop thinking about all of the, either the project that I'm working on or wanting to, to talk to someone or, or the scary side of it. Like when, when it's just me and the silence, all of the fear and the, that's when all of the fear and the anxiety comes in and that moment before falling asleep and the, like the moment between when you stop thinking about things and the moment where you fall asleep. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. It does. And I, you know, I, um, even if I'm tired enough that I, I can feel sleep coming on, but I've been wrapped up in those negative thoughts for say hours, mm-hmm. you know, on a bad night, um, I get so nervous. It's like, well, okay, I'm almost to sleep now. Or I'm, I'm, I'm almost, you know, I'm approaching sleep, but I've been thinking all of these terrifying, anxious thoughts. Mm-hmm. So those are going to seep into my dreams. Mm. And then it, it, like the cycle just starts over again. Yeah. Yeah. Do, what do you, so you, you, you said at night is when you have time to really like, that's when you could meditate. What's your current nighttime routine look like right now? Oh my gosh. Right now it's just so haphazard. Um, you know, it's, well, the last few nights, it's just been kind of staring at the dog. I've been trying to kind of, you know, in place of meditation, just like put focus on one physical thing in the house, whether that's like a piece of furniture or um, a living thing. Like if Elisa falls asleep on the couch, not in a creepy way at all, but I'll just like make sure, you know, to take in every detail of whatever thing or person it is. And, um, but... I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not being very um, precious about my body and my health during this time. And a lot of that ends up materializing at night. So that's Mm -hmm. where I'm at. What about you? As of right now, I, I told myself I was going to try to keep a routine since for me, that, that, that helps me to have some kind of routine with, without that. Cause I'm, I'm home now. I am, I don't have any job to go to that is mm-hmm. open and any work that I do have. And at this point I'm doing remotely and it's, I, I just a couple gigs here and there. Sure. Um, so I haven't, I, I haven't really gone anywhere in, I want to say like 20 days. It's almost there. It's however many, cause we're on the same, we both started this at this on the same day. I've, I've gone mm-hmm. on walks, but I haven't actively like gotten in my car and, mm-hmm. and driven anywhere in, in like yeah. 20, 20 days. I think. I think I'm right at 18. So like 18 of quarantine, you okay. know, just, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, Oh, it's, it's so, Bizarre. And it's so hard to keep a routine whenever there's nobody to keep you accountable. (laughs) It is. And so I've tried to impose it on myself. But the thing that gets in the way is sleep because I am having a really hard time getting myself to sleep on time. Like last night, I was thinking about like, okay, well, today Hollis and I are going to have a conversation and I'm going to play the the, the role playing game with my friends. So I need to try Mm -hmm. to go to sleep. And I I don't think I got to sleep till 1 a.m., and then I woke up at five because Lux will always wake me up at some point in the night to feed him a very early breakfast. Um, oh my God, what a hobbit. Right, right. And, and, then, and then when I wake <laughs> up again, he wants a second breakfast. He really Second breakfast? Yes. And I've, we've been arguing about second breakfast lately. I don't think he needs it. Um, but I will wake up to feed him. And then depending on how ornery he is being, I might lay in bed for an hour awake trying to get back to sleep because he's, you know, meowing or wants to play or wants more food or whatever. So I woke up at five and I think I got to sleep again by six and then woke up at like 930. But when that happens, like I'm a, I'm like a, I want to wake up at like, you know, eight o'clock and I want to be productive with my day and I'm going to do all this stuff. And then I'm going to go to bed at, at 11, like a, a, like a reasonable person. And, and that's not <laughs> happening because I'm having a hard time getting to sleep in the first place. And, and it's not always a, a bad, like, it's not always because I'm upset or anything. It's right now I'm very much like 
full 100% like throwing myself into um into my into projects to cope like that's how I cope with life is having a creative project or 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 some kind of thing that I'm working on to to keep me um grounded keep me focused and so now at night it's I can't turn off my creative brain I want to keep working on stuff I want to keep working on the podcast or I want to keep working on the D&D campaign or I want to keep I want to do all this these creative things that like stimulate me. And so I can't, I'm, I'm having a really hard time turning that off and going to bed. Interesting. Do you, do you think it's because, or do you think, say on a bad day, you know, or on a difficult day during this pandemic and quarantine situation, do you think you end up leaning on creative projects in order to avoid sleep or do they mm. work in conjunction like that at all? I, I know I, I've been there. <laughs> I've de- I have definitely done that before where, yeah. Yeah. or even texting people like, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm laying in bed now. Time to go to sleep. I better text this person and see how they're doing. <laughs> like sure. just to kind of have that connection. I, I, I tend to want that connection at that time of night, the time between when you let go of what you're doing and when you're supposed to go to sleep. Cause that's when it like feels real again. Cause I'm leaving the comfort of whatever's distracting me, whatever project I've got going leaving the comfort of that. And it's like, okay, now I'm back in the real world. And now I have to actually think about all the things that are happening. And that's when it feels scary. And that's when it feels hopeless. And so that's when I either want to connect with someone or go back to the creative project, because that keeps me from having to think about what's going on outside. I completely understand that element. Um, Last night, I so I've been using Zoom. Yes. uh, a little bit just because I was, I was so, I don't know, I was so intrigued um, in hearing about it and also tired of hearing about it without mm-hmm. trying it. So, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll have these wonderful connections with people whose faces I haven't seen. And, you know, it might be the, the 20 days we've been inside or it could be years. However, I find that I'm getting a hold of them at, you know, 1130 um, midnight, midnight 30 sometimes. Mm -hmm. And because I'm so tired and because I'm using this connection as a distraction, I'm not really available to them. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So I, I, going back to the routine, routine part of our conversation, I would really like to start scheduling those talks in the middle of the day where those conversations are fruitful and those distractions are healthy and not just me kind of clinging to, real life outside of this apartment at yeah. midnight when I could probably do I could probably be doing something like meditation or reading. Why in the world am I not yes. reading more? Reading. I do try to read at night and that does help. That usually is the thing that'll help me fall asleep is mm-hmm. reading a book. And I think it's partly getting away from the screen and just having the go. pages in front of me. Um, do you have any books that you've been wanting to read lately or that you've started? And Oh, oh my goodness gracious. Let me walk over to the bookshelf <laughs> because I, I was doing this the other night. I was like, okay, find a nice bit of not necessarily fantasy, but you know, some escapism that, yeah. Oh, Emma, I've got this, I've got this book that Jerry Hickey gave me. From <gasps> this guy. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> and it's, if you're listening, called, Jerry, hi. Hey, Jerry, he's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, Life is the Notre Dame Leprechaun. Oh, my God. I think I remember. I think I, re- I I feel like I remember them getting a book for you like that. Yeah, they got one for me and Sam. Jesus. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> and that's all there is to say about that. Um, we were okay, doing that so... this time. Was it two years ago? It was two years ago. Yeah. And my facial hair looked just about the same. <laughs> okay, so um, let's see. What have we? I've got so many plays. I've got this really wonderful um, Arto kind of sketchbook that. So they just did scans of his sketchbooks and um, put them in this little collection. I've got Infinite Jest. Which I should probably, I should give that a shot sometime. I've never read it myself, but I've heard, I've heard, I've heard it's good. I've heard it's good. Yeah. And I think the thing that keeps me away from it is like, it's the incels favorite book. And it just kind of sits on my shelf and uh, yeah. Let's see. What about you? What are you reading? 
Well, I am currently in the last quarter of Good Omens by Neil Gaiman oh and Terry Pratchett, God. which nice. I'd never read before. But I, uh, I saw a copy of it at that new bookstore, which I hope will stay open Like after this is all over. I hope that they can yeah. stay in business. I think it's Wise Blood in West Oh, Florida. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's uh, run by the the Mills Record people. Oh, perfect. I love I loved it. I mean, when I went inside, it was so sleek and cool and accessible. And I, yeah. not that I not that, you know, usually my, what I think of a bookstore I, or like a local bookstore, I think of like stacks and stacks of mismatched books. And you know what I mean? Or like, like Prospero's. Or, yeah. But this yeah. was super sleek and kind of minimalistic for what I would think of a bookstore. And so it actually made it a lot easier to find something that I, you know, was like, oh, I think I will like this. My options are minimal. And this has helped me choose one. Um, but I, I watched the uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime uh, Good Omens show with uh, David Tennant. And I, f- I forget the other guy's name, but he's so good. Um, uh, Michael, Michael Sheen. Yeah, yeah, like, and and so I I watched that and I'm reading it. Um, but yeah, I I, I finished the series, but I want I don't like not finishing a book, you know. Sure. So no, I, I, I want to finish the book out before before I move on to the next one. But that's been and and especially like right now, you know, it's about the end of the world. <laughs> it's about the apocalypse. Uh-huh. Um, so that's been kind of kind of kind of fun and and ironic in a way. But I love I I love uh, what I've read of Terry Pratchett and, and Neil Gaiman both. So I was excited when I saw they collaborated on a book together. Oh, for sure. I um I loved Terry Pratchett and his Discworld series. Whenever yes. I was um in Boy Scouts, uh, I had a there was a kid. He was a few years older than me. His name was Kevin Parrott, and I just thought he was the coolest. And like he made Boy Scouts look good. Like he was the kind of guy that like he was the kind of Boy Scout that you wanted to be. Like he had that kind of everyman quality, but also um, his nerddom. You know, his 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 um, his fascination with fantasy was also so admirable. And he got me into Terry Pratchett. And when I discovered Good Omens, my mind was just completely blown because I had loved Coraline. Yes. You know, and, and, oh my gosh! Yes. And, yeah, Neil Gaiman is cool. And I had read a bit of Sandman, I think, before my mother or my father took it away. Oh. <laughs> and, and yeah, no, I, that collaboration is so beautiful. And I think you can kind of see both of them in those two characters, you know, kind of oh, arguing right. with each other. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah, Discworld, I think the only one I've read, I forget the title now, but it's the one where death wants to be Santa Claus. Oh yeah, I can see the cover with the Santa Claus hat. Yeah, and I—that's the only one I've read so far because a friend recommended it to me. But I loved that so much. I loved that there was a the death of rats. Yeah, because I just imagined a little a little rat skeleton with a little scythe and a little 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 black cowl, (laughs) (laughs) and that brought me so much joy. You know, and and what a mind. Uh, Whenever, (laughs) whenever he ended up passing, I think of Alzheimer's. Um, there were these, these articles that were coming out, um, about, you know, his last moments and how, even as he was fading away, you know, and being taken by the illness, you could still see that like Henri sparkle in his eye, Mm. like up until the last moment. I just adore that. That's wonderful. Okay. So I I didn't know he passed on. I was sad. He, he did. I, well, I, I hope I'm not misspeaking. I do know that he had, um, he did have Alzheimer's, um, but you're right. I just looked it up. 2015. He's gone. Yeah. Hey, let's have a moment. RFP. Uh, it's so funny. You're talking about, you know, finding yourself, um, Reading Good Omens, which is about the end of the world, which one <laughs> one could say just outside, you know, something similar is just happening. Yeah. Um, uh, I've I've found myself accidentally falling into uh, movies or shows that are about uh, containment. Mm. Like I accidentally started Shawshank Redemption the other night because I was like, well, this is a movie I've seen a million times, and it's just like going to be a nice hug. And then in the middle of it, I was like, what the hell? This is about prison. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, speaking of nice hugs and um 
movies about the end or like shows movies about the end of the world uh, I, ha- I have been watching a show i don't know if you'd like it though i don't know do you watch animation all that often like i do yeah okay it it is like more geared towards kids but i'm i'm one of those people that i like i watch the universe and i i watch shira so like i i i appreciate kid animation that's geared towards towards like young audiences um but it's called Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beasts on Netflix. Hold on. Let, let me write it down. Kipo. Do you know how to spell it offhand? Yeah. K-I-P-O. K-I-P-O. Okay. And it is, I, I feel like it's very much a warm hug of a show. Um, it's about a world 200 years in the future. It's, it's set in 2200. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it's about a girl who... All the humans have been living underground because something happened on the surface and they had to go underground. And she uh, has been expelled upward and she has to try and find her way back home and she meets a bunch of friends. And it's it's almost like Miyazaki-like. Um, have you seen Spirited Away? Oh my God, know. yes. It makes me think of that that sense of this young girl who has left the world she knows and is now in a completely new world where animals are you know animals can talk and and everything is different and like they're but what I, what I love about it is they have all these different animal mutated creatures that have you know they, they have taken over the surface world it belongs to them now but it's very much like like they're the timber cats which are cats who <laughs> wear flannel and wield axes yes and there are the, uh, oh gosh, what else? There are the mod frogs, who are these frogs who wear business suits and have little mustaches. And oh it's very, and, and so that it lends it, it's just so imaginative and quirky and fun. Um, and it has an openly gay character, which I think is really important in content geared for young audiences. Um, oh, yes. So I, I give it, I give it five five stars i it makes me it makes me laugh it makes me feel good so i would recommend that for a an apocalyptic warm hug <laughs> i love that i am going to right now i'm going to see if i can find just like a picture of the animation she is it's more closer to the shira animation um the main character's pink so if you she's which i think is interesting i think it's really interesting when creators choose to give the their characters like skin colors that are like non-traditional because then I feel like well she could you know she can be anything anyone wants her to be you know what well, I mean that's, like, yeah and that, that's what like old Nickelodeon used to do um I think Recess did it a little bit but Hey Arnold for sure yes I mean and Skeeter or, or no that was I'm thinking about Doug maybe Skeeter I love Skeeter, Skeeter. oh my god this animation is beautiful it really is. Um, it really is. And, and it's very, it's just very, it's different. It's quirky and different. And it fits into that little, that little like place in my heart um, of like the, the weird genres that I like. I love that. And I, I'm so glad that I don't know. Okay. So I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of animated shows right now. I think animation is in a really exciting place. Awesome. Um, in, in terms of uh, television or streaming series or whatever you'd like to call it. Um, and and while I do love these shows, I I do need a breath of fresh air um, away from things like uh, BoJack Horseman, which Ooh. I oh, absolutely Hollis. adore. I do, I do, I do. But that was a very long, very perilous <laughs> journey. Oh my God, Hollis, we could talk about BoJack for hours. Did you? You watch I it? love BoJack Horseman, but you're right. It is I I it is hard to watch in long stretches. But man, yeah. is it good. It's good. We um we ended up just powering through the last season and a half because we didn't want to like hit any spoilers. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that they handle, I don't even know if handle is the right word, the way that they approach how the world handles people that have been either um, convicted of assault or just like terrible behavior and like how are we supposed to let these people just like roam around in our world after their bullshit has been found out the way that they tackle that is absolutely brilliant. Yes. And I was terrified. I was terrified. They were going to, it's a little bit of a spoiler here, but I, I thought they might end up deifying him a little bit or mythologizing him. And uh, I'm so glad they did not. 
I was so scared that he was going to commit suicide. Oh, Emma. I was so scared that, and again, spoilers, with that episode towards the end, I was like, oh my God, are they really taking us here? Because that, that would have been, I just, I did not want that to be how it ended. And I, so I was very happy with the fact that, you know, life goes on and you have to live with the consequences of the choices you've made. Absolutely. And I think that's so much more real and so much more difficult. And in it's and and like we, I, I don't, I've never nav- you know, like navigating that, navigating yeah. what do I do now? Um, now that everyone knows, and now that I'm like I need to make up. But and it's and Bojack is such an interesting character too, though, because I've, oh my gosh, I think he wants to change. I think he wants to do better, and then it seems like he maybe backslides, and he's just like you know what I mean. Oh, he can never hang on to a thread of, um, I don't know, fulfillment. <laughs> he he just can't. He's such yeah. a self-destructor. Um, I'm and with you on that second to last episode. I think it is like when he's in the kind of dream world. Oh, right? the view from halfway down. Right, right. My God. Um, I know. Oh, I could geek out about it forever. <laughs> I love it. And I love I loved how his the different ways that his friends responded to him after that. And I felt it was really realistic. Um, just with like how Princess Carolyn and and Diane, what what the how the relationships changed. Yeah, and I I liked that. I liked that you know it wasn't a clean cut happy ending, but it also wasn't you know we will punish him now because this is what we do to people who do these things, and we will send them out you know into the woods and they will never return. Like no, right? Yeah, not... burn the witch. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, oh, man. Goodness. Um. So now that we're we are 20 almost 29 minutes in how do we know each other hollis we met during super the musical written by ryan haruza hi ryan hey ryan ryan's also in the group that i i play D &D with him and kelsey and kelsey was in that with us too and coulter like all these people we met during super the musical what year was that uh well it would have been 2015 was that know. five years ago five years ago isn't that wild oh my god hollis you know, i was <laughs> i was still living in lawrence and just trying to kind of branch out to kansas city theater so i was i was driving back and forth all the time to hang out with you cool people yeah i remember no i remember now because and, and josh it was you me and josh were the sidekicks so good ryan when are we going to record that cast album come on ryan it's time but that was the first time i'd met you and i don't i don't i I remember that i thought you were so delightful and i was so happy that we got to we got to act together Oh, it was definitely, uh, yeah, Yumi and Josh, I think, probably um, had the most similar temperaments and mm-hmm. approaches to um, to kind of, a, I, I don't know, at least to musical comedy. And I, I, you went to Stevens, correct? Yes. So I had known a couple of people that had gone to Stevens, and so that was automatically and again I, I i know nothing about the ins and outs and the the inner workings of stevens college so i'm sure everybody has their own opinions but i knew uh some of my closest friends in high school ended up going there ended up doing amazing things so i could see a lot of them in you so you were Aww. like a kind of a nice buoy and then of course of course josh gleason i mean any mm-hmm. project spent with josh gleason is going to be incredible i uh and i think and correct me if I'm wrong, we were the last show, or yeah, our last performance yes. was the last show to go down in the Heartland Theater. Yes, yes, yeah. I, yes. We had that giant stage in that beautiful theater, which oh, is now God. Halls. Is that I what think it so. Is? Well, you know what? Is I want to say there? that it's still there. It's just like all. I don't know, all kind of forgotten. <laughs> I remember the escalator. I loved the escalator because it would take you up and weren't there like little like shimmery stars or something on the on the walls so that when you went up, it was like you were being transported 
in yeah. some way. You were transported right into The Shining because that lobby bar <laughs> was so, so beautiful, but also so creepy. That's true. That, that, yeah, that, that checks out. Well, and since then, we've done some things together. I've been in a, uh, several of your projects. And yes. like we said, we were in the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably where the friendship really solidified. When we were up there on that roof and I was trying to stop you from stealing that gold. Ladies and gentlemen and others, if you missed the mascot, you missed uh, the event of the year. 2018 wow <laughs> but yeah that's the scene that I because we rehearsed that scene over and over and over again to get it with the foley we had those foley sound effects Elisa Elisa was in the back right was she in that scene or was it oh one? yeah Elisa was holding that foley corner down absolutely yes. she was fully captain oh and then you were in you were in bed play and you also read for Archibald and Wicked Creatures uh-huh yeah you know it's so funny um, bed play and, and we don't have to get too terribly personal about this um, but bed play I think is one of my favorite experiences I've had in Kansas City um, mostly because I felt like I was kind of working through my own garbage selfishly on stage and I think we even had a conversation with you about that where it's like Emma like d d have we spilled our hearts to you out to you on some drunken night and you put it in a play because this is dangerously close <laughs> nope i just i was i was working through my issues in that play too so i guess sure. we all are are human beings and have have our have our have our junk have our stuff but i you and elisa were so beautiful in that play everyone did such a good job but i was especially happy to have both of you because the just the energy the, and the chemistry because you you know you two were dating at that time already and so you brought mm -hmm. that intimacy to the stage um, well and yeah and i mean just like you know what happens in every relationship you get to a spot probably a year or so in mm -hmm. where some real truths start surfacing and real habits and real demons. And you yeah. illustrated that so beautifully in the play. And Katie was also so wonderful about structuring those moments. And hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. I miss you. Oh, yeah, she's she's so wonderful. And <laughs> her and, uh, and Mark have been doing like these live um, kind of talkbacks with these episodes or these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Katie Gilchrist okay. is one of the most badass women in Kansas City that I, I know. She is, you know, and she's the the leader we all deserve. Mm -hmm. um, I caught myself in a conversation with her recently, um, kind of mythologizing her on accident. You know, you, mm -hmm. you people in theater, I think, are so quick to do that like put people on such pedestals that it's unfair and those pedestals are never all-encompassing they're usually just momentary you know um you just find yourself in the moment saying well that's the best person there is and they are flawless and um, oh yes and uh she called me out on it kind of in real time and it was so so humbling and and was such a wonderful reminder that we might seem so put together to other people, but we're just humans. That's a really good point. Yeah. I feel like I'm rambling a lot in this one. That's okay. I I feel like I tend to ramble in general, so you're welcome to ramble. You ramble away. Emma, did I read on a post of yours that you don't like Shakespeare? Ooh. <laughs> okay, let me let me explain myself. You have nothing to explain, but go ahead. I, I do want to talk about it, though. I Okay, so I won't say that I this, – this is my thing with Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. When in college at Stevens, uh, we had two Shakespeare classes that we could take, and okay. I was so excited. I was so excited to take a class on Shakespeare. One was a, performing, a performance class, and one was a reading, reading all of his plays and discussing them. And I was so excited to do this. Um, and that year, we happened to also be doing a Shakespearean play. We did The Tempest as part of our school season. So it was just perfect timing. Everything was happening. Like, okay, I'm going to take these two classes. I'm going to audition for this play. It's going to be great. 
Um, and I think at some point between like getting cast in the play and just like kind of between then and now I, and you're free to disagree with me or try to change my mind, but I, I have a hard time sometimes with Shakespeare knowing that everything was written for men. Even the female parts were written for oh men. Oh boy. Yep. And so, and I, I also, and, and there tends to be a lot of men in them. And so sometimes I'm like, why can't that soldier just be a woman? <laughs> like, like it's 2020. Why can't, why can't soldier number two be, be a lady? Um, or, or sometimes I, I, and, and this is not, you know, this is not meant to be to, like aimed at anyone at all. But sometimes I'm like, why is this play? Why is this specific play relevant to, to right now and today? Like, why aren't we doing a play written by someone, someone who is alive now and who has important things to say about what's happening right now that are more specifically relevant. Um, and I, and this is, again, this is not to like put any, any, any shade anywhere. I, I saw. I, 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 no, no. Pe- people know that. That's uh, yeah. I saw, what was it that was, um, the, it was, what was the one they did last year? The one where, was it Much Ado About Nothing? Well, Shakespeare, it, Shakespeare in Love was last year, but Much Ado was just oh. the year before. So that play, not like that performance, but that like script itself. I was uh-huh. so frustrated that, um, at the end when I think her name is Hero, when mm-hmm. she just like forgave her beloved and they ended up together. And I, I wanted, I just wanted to march up on stage and say, your dad and your fiance treated you like shit in front of everybody. They were abusive and they, that he didn't trust you. You should not get back together with this person. Like, I understand you're the heroine here. Like you're the, you're the ingenue, but you, you should not, this should not be the ending of your story. (laughs) Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. And the only part of the play that I really felt that I connected to, like on a, on a real level was the moment where, um, what it, what's the main, what's the main girl's name? Uh, uh, Beatrice. Beatrice. Like the one part of the play that I was like, ah, oh, this feels real was the if I were a man. Yeah, eat his heart in the marketplace. Was, yeah, that was the only part that I was like, this speaks to my heart. <laughs> this is like this, I'm getting something out of this on like a deeper level. That was the one part. Everything else was beautiful and lovely and fun and nice for a picnic. But that was the one part that like spoke to me deep down. And so sometimes I'm just, I, I, I get frustrated because I know there's so many new works out there or, or new ways to um, explore Shakespeare even. And I just, I want to see, I want to see people given opportunities who, who haven't been given those opportunities before. I want to see new playwrights produced more often, not saying that I think people should stop doing Shakespeare or that it's bad. Um, but I think sometimes there's a certain kind of like, it can, it, it, it can be hard to access Shakespeare sometimes. Absolutely. I think it, there's a certain inaccessibleness to it that once you're in, it makes so much sense and it's beautiful and it's lovely, but it's like getting in and understanding and, and being on the same page as everybody else. No, I completely understand. Um, the first Shakespeare I ever saw was Macbeth at the Black Rep in St. Louis. Mm. And it was, oh, pause in that story. Elisa's home. Hello. <gasps> Elisa. Hi. Do you need help? Do you need help? You're good? Okay. I love you, Elisa. Emma loves you, Elisa. I love you. I love you. <laughs> no, but um, my high school theater teacher, who was um, a complicated but very wonderful man, uh, he told me as we were heading into that performance, he's like, okay, listen, all you've got to do in order to understand Shakespeare is hang on for the first 15 or 20 minutes. Like just hang on, <laughs> do not dismiss it yet. And you can dismiss the play. You can dismiss the themes, but you absolutely cannot dismiss the language. Once you finally get a hold of it, which mm-hmm. is beautiful, even in his worst plays, which like, in my opinion, yeah. like Tro- Troilus and Cressida, I think is ab- absolute garbage. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, still, I mean, that's some of the best poetry ever, Ever. Yeah. The language um, is beautiful. I no, will not it, knock that at all. Like it's what he has done with words is amazing. Exactly. But I am, I am with you about like some of the inaccessibility to themes, um, the inaccessibility regarding the history of like how these shows were done. You're right. Like all of these roles, even the, uh, you know, the, um, <laughs> the female roles, like Ophelia being played by a man is just a goddamn crime. Uh, <laughs> but Didn't you play Ophelia once? Wasn't there some play where you were, or did I just say, or did I just say that I thought you would make a good Ophelia? 
I, oh, I don't know I why. Don't know. I think brain. I might have. I think I was there did. Like a, were you like we're joking, Leophilia, in some script? It might have been. No, wasn't it in Shakespeare like, or, or Incomplete Works or something where your character played like a? Oh, as Juliet. Yeah, okay, that was it. You were Juliet, and I thought you did a really good job. <laughs> I thought you were really funny and cute. Thank you. I just talked to somebody recently that really did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on one sec. Oh my gosh, live, live drama happening right now. We are trying to keep the dog from going outside. Oh no. No, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I wish, um, and again, we're not commenting on any, any company anywhere and not commenting on what they're producing right now. Mm-mm. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a reason why measure for measure started being produced all over the country. The second that, you know, the me too thing happened. Mm-hmm. And it's still happening. Um, and I, for the record, I will say, I did really enjoy that one. That um, that you and it was Confluence Theater's first production, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. I really did. I, I felt like I understood that as it was happening. I felt like I very early on was like, okay, I understand the plot of this story and was invested. Well, sure. And I mean, Rising Tide kind of did something similar with Taming of the Shrew, where it's like, let's take his most offensive play and kind of give him the finger. <laughs> I. I I really enjoyed that um, that approach. I'm sad I didn't get to see the to see Teaming of the Shrew by Rising Tide. I'm so sorry, guys. Oh, it's we're we're gonna see such a surge in wonderful theater once this is all done. I'm sure they have something up their sleeves. That's a good point. Have you been writing anything or like thinking about any creative projects during this time? Um, I've been wanting to kind of go back to this story that I, um, or this play that I started writing in, um, in college, but I've had the idea since I was like in fourth grade, trying to kind of reckon where I stood with God and whatnot. Mm. I think you and I might've talked about this. I knew you were Um, working on a play, but I don't think you told me the details. So the idea, oh my gosh, you know what? Somebody steal this idea and make it no. better than I can do it. No, <laughs> it's your story, Hollis. But uh, I was so, so upset as like a young apostolic uh, Christian slash Catholic. Um, I was so upset that God would create something um, that would later end up become, you know, what we now know as Lucifer or just inherent evil. Mm-hmm. And so I thought about flipping it. And so the basic idea is that the devil, who is not an evil being yet, is alone in this kind of chasm, which is in the shape of a bar. (laughs) And out of loneliness, he draws on a napkin, a friend that ends up materializing right in front of him. And that ends up being this being that would later become known as God, this guy who wants to actually get out of this bar in which he's been born and he wants to create more and he needs more friends. You know, it's not a partnership as much as it is a club that he wants. Hollis, that is a fantastic idea. But how do you write it? Oh, you sit down with your, with your pen and your paper or your computer and you just type words until things start coming out. Well, it'll happen sometime and what better time than right now? What about well, you? What are you? What are you writing? <laughs> well, I will. T- I will say though, before I, I, I t- no pressure to write it right now. I, I, I only asked because I was curious. I, I actually am very much not interested in creating any kind of theater like play, like a script right now because I feel like everything I'm interested in creating right now is an escape from what's happening in uh-huh. real life. And so I'm very much into like, I'm going to write my D and D campaign. I'm going to play in these two other D and D campaigns. I'm going to, and so all of that, I, I, I want to focus on things that have nothing to do with what is real, but I feel like after this is all over in hindsight, that's when I'll be able to actually use what's happening now, hopefully in some, in some kind of positive way but I don't want you to feel like I've tried to say like you need to write it right now I just think sometime in your life I would love to I would love to I would love to read and or see a reading or a performance of the play that you just described because that's that's a fun idea it is a fun idea and I think it's a good way to kind of maybe get over some some bs (laughs) regarding religion and growing up in the midwest right right I mean and I I'm not super religious I 
I stopped going to church pretty early because I preferred watching Digimon on Sunday mornings. But Emma, Digimon, <laughs> come on. This yes! is fun. Yes, it was my new religion. <laughs> you know, hard <laughs> what is it? It's like sincerity, courage, friendship, reliability, intelligence. I'm probably open light or whatever. They all had their like crests and that was what they embodied. So that became it. my new my new religion. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I have only been working on on my podcast and and like and D and D campaigns. I haven't been working on any other than um, there's a the it's called Oh God Really and it's Casey Public Theater's collaborative uh, project where 30 different playwrights all added a little bit to a play and so I, I took part in that. That was fun. I love that, and that's that's happening this Monday, right? Yes, it's happening this Monday. I want to say at like six thirty or seven. So you I can think you're right. That. And it's going live. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. I think it's going to be a cold reading too. I think it's just going to be everyone with the script in hand in their own home reading oh. from home. Oh, I love that. I'm really glad that Casey public theater was so quick to, to start that. Oh, I mean that, I think that happened a couple of days in. Yes. They yeah. were so quick to say, this is what we're going to do. And it was a really great, I, I was, I was hoping they would do that. And then they did. Um, which like I, they're one of my very favorite companies in town because I think they're doing really great work. I know. And we're about to get another one at the Bowman's. <gasps> That's right. Oh my gosh. I know they're going to be such wonderful parents. Oh my God. Yes. All right. So I got one more question for you. Okay. What is something that, um, you've learned because, okay, man, I meant to get to this earlier too. So you're one of the, you know, you're, you're some, you live alone still. Yeah. Yes. And I, again, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, shame that lifestyle at all. I solo living is a fucking adventure in and of itself. And <laughs> I love it. Um, but because you've been spending some time alone, even though Lux is <laughs> a wonderful little cat, um, what is something that you've learned about yourself in this, in this quarantine, in this new kind of, lifestyle that we we've been forced to dive into I feel like I have learned that I I'm I'm actually pretty good at doing this um I grew up as an only child and I feel like I'm more introverted it maybe introverts not that I grew up as an only child and so I'm very I'm very good at keeping myself occupied as long as I have my toys like quotation like my computer or, my internet <laughs> yeah, or yeah. a notebook or a book or I'm very good at keeping myself occupied. I actually feel like I have learned that even when I could just stay home and watch TV, I feel a need to do something. And so that I've thrown myself into a bunch of different projects like that. And even and like the other day, I thought I feel just as busy right now as I did when I was like working time because I've just made a bunch of projects for myself that I that I'm so so there's some there's I feel like I can never again complain about not having time because very clearly I am the person who is giving myself things to do and and oh I'm my really gosh. controlling that even when I could just in, sit home and do nothing I have chosen to give myself things to do I need that engraved well probably not engraved on my forehead how about tattooed uh, <laughs> yeah. because no i i'm with you it's it's so funny i used to think that uh i wasn't maybe in control of how busy i was and it turns out actually i do better when i'm working and therefore i seek out about as much work as i can yeah yeah it's and it's an interesting it's hard to balance it's i i think when you were elise were talking you were talking about how in especially in theater it's either you're you you basically have to go 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 all the time just to yeah. stay afloat and that's really that can be really stressful but if it's something that you're excited about working on I feel like the love and the joy of creation and of collaborating is really the 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 gas in the in the tank that keeps that keeps my motor running when it comes to things like that so yeah um so yeah I think I've learned that I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm doing okay I I, I have actually a couple people family and friends included have said Emma why don't you come you know stay with us just come move in and with us for now so you don't uh -huh. have to be alone. And I have actually found that I, I would prefer to, to not. I would prefer to just have my own space because I think I would go, I think I would have a, be a lot more stressed out if I had to then learn how to live with other people while trying to deal with what's happening right now. 
because I'm very used to being in my own space um, and I'm good there. <laughs> but I think it would be a lot more stressful if I had to, if I didn't have that, if I didn't have control over my environment. I love that. And that's, you know, I think we're starting to kind of um, come to terms with just how self-efficient we are. And I think a lot of us are kind of surprised. I, I, I would hope that a lot of us sur are surprised by just how self-efficient we are. And by how we can adjust to things, not saying that we you know should, I don't think that parents should have to suddenly be in charge of their children's education while trying to work, you know, from home. I don't think that at all, but, of course not. but there's other things that it's like, Oh, you know what? Those people who needed the ability to work remotely from home all along, they could have been doing it. It's, you know, you know, like, like that is actually feasible for, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, I totally know what you mean. Companies are going to change after this, you know, like fast food companies are already like, you know, we're maybe just going to have one restaurant or one franchise in town that has a walk-in lobby. But now we realize that we could have survived just with drive-throughs. You know, <laughs> uh, so many companies are going to, I think, implement a, a more of a kind of work-from-home type environment. And I think that's cool in a way. I mean, I I, yeah. I feel like that can that can be more if we're if we're not driving as much, and then there's less pollution, or you know, I I don't know. I I think that there there's some obviously I don't want to minimize like what's happening at all. Um, but I think we've found little, little things that once we get past this, like once we've made it through the worst of this, I think little nuggets of, of truth that hopefully will change how we as humans like operate in our day to day. I'm so glad you say nuggets too. <laughs> <laughs> I say nuggets all the time and I'm like, that's just about the most Midwestern thing. I can say. <laughs> I'm looking for nuggets of truth. <laughs> <laughs> do you got any <laughs> oh i love you emma i love you too and thank you so much for um for brightening up my day and ellie's day she's had a big old stupid smile on her face too thank you for calling i appreciate it absolutely and congratulations on your podcast spellbound <gasps> it's so good and everybody should look it up thank you for listening i really appreciate it it's my first time dming and my first time making a podcast so i'm highly aware of the areas in which i could approve because i'd have to i've had to listen to myself over and over while editing There's oh it's the worst like that like having to listen to yourself and now i'm like well i i say like i say um i say kind of shoulda coulda too much um, I had a, uh, so I'm part of that, uh, D ship program, the dramatic STD and HIV project oh in, uh, God, with, through, through, through the coterie. And I had, uh, I think Matt Leonard, he told me, he's like, you say absolutely too much, <laughs> almost, almost compulsively. And I thought he was kind of full of crap until I recently saw um, an interview I did for Puffs on KC Live <laughs> and uh, Amanda couldn't make it because she was sick. So I was so nervous and I was going out there. I was answering all these questions alone. Oh. And I, I, listened, I, I watched it after I was done. And sure enough, I said absolutely probably eight times <laughs> and usually in conjunction. It was like, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, here's my answer. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> But now you know, right? Now we know and we can we can improve. I absolutely can improve. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Emma, I love you so much and thank you for uh rambling with me. <laughs> I will happily ramble with you anytime, Hollis. Right on. Well, congratulations for all you're doing and I'm I'm just so happy you're in my life. Thank you. I'm happy you're in my life too. And I can't wait to listen to all the other episodes of this podcast. Do it. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. I've gathered myself. I'm good. And um, I thank Emma for for talking with me and for uh, 
indulging me in some of my tangents. Um, I think we kind of met in the middle there. It's wonderful. Uh, she's one of the people I miss the most, that's for sure. I don't want to put any pressure on anybody for being positive, but there is something about Emma that's infectious, and it's more positive than negative. I love you all so much. Thank you again for um, for continuing to to listen and to hang out with me for an hour or so every uh, every other day. Uh, I've I've hopefully got um, a nice long one coming here soon. Uh, it was supposed to be a couple days ago, but this fella dropped out, but it's something to look forward to. Today's something to look forward to. Um, go outside, wear your masks, stay safe. Love you. Bye.